Hello everyone, today this student special, we're going to talk about gaming, childhood gaming. So I have a special guest with me here, L. Introduce yourself, L. Hey, what's up? So my name is L, aka Angelo. I host the Pop Culture Pop Quiz podcast right here on COD Roadrunner Radio, also previously known from last semester's show, Y2K is Hot, where we talked about everything nostalgia related from the late 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> and um, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Rogelio Alcobo. I do uh, jazz uh, fusion world here as well. And today I thought we would like to talk about more about our, ch- our childhoods, mostly um, on video games. Uh, gaming I would say uh, so I'd like to start first with what's what's the earliest childhood gaming or system or whatever that you know like in the early early age yeah so growing up in the 2000s obviously everything was very Nintendo craze that was just like the peak prime of it all not to say that there hasn't ever been like not a peak prime but I think for anybody growing up in that decade, we all obviously remember like the height of the DS and the Wii. It was such a riveting moment. So for me, my first like real video game console was indeed the Nintendo DS. And I think like any kid, you know, we were all fans of Super Mario and all the different like main titles and spin-off titles. Yeah. As well as trying out different games from other companies as well, like Sega, Bandai Namco, etc. I was also really into the Lego games as well. I normally have a bit of an iffy feeling when it comes to video games that are based on films. Yeah. A lot of film adapted yeah. video games can kind of be like hit or miss, but yeah. whenever it comes to the Lego ones, they never fail for some reason. Yes, uh, yeah, especially the the handheld ones, usually like the DS mostly for me. I feel like the Lego games for me on the DS is like like you enjoy them either way, like no matter what the film like. Like how uh, like Indiana Jones was like my favorite Lego ones. <gasps> oh my Star god! Wars. The replay value is real because yeah, I've gone back to those even so many years later, yeah, and I'm yeah. pretty sure they just re-released some of them on the Nintendo Switch. So I'm gonna have to look into that. Yeah, like so. Yeah, some of those too. Like yeah, like like well, film like film based like games based on films. Those are like like I don't know. Like as a kid, whatever you get. As a kid, you know, you're just going to have to deal with it for, like, till the, your upcoming, like, birthday or Christmas. Because, you know, you don't have, like, a job or, or anything else. And you're just going to have to, like, well, you know, my mom bought me, like, uh, like, usually, like, I'm a, I was a fan of Harry Potter back then. Mm-hmm. So, like, my mom got me up for Christmas uh, a Harry Potter, like, game for Game Boy Advance. Oh. Yeah, and that was, Game Boy Advance was, like, my first, like, ever, like, video game system i ever own okay and no. like the earliest too yeah yeah no so i didn't have a game boy advance itself however with the particular nintendo ds model that was popularized in 2006 the ds Lite, it did have backwards compatibility with game boy advance cartridges so yeah. i got to experience a lot of those like vicariously since it was like a little bit not long after the game boy advance itself had been discontinued circa late 2000s so i'm definitely very knowledgeable in that realm as well so mm-hmm. tell me then was it like was the gameplay kind of mediocre or something uh it was okay i mean as a kid you know you just you just liked it because it was the only like probably like the only game like you ever uh get to play right uh no it, it was okay like whatever like keeps you entertained i would say yeah that sounds about but, right yeah that's how mostly like every games based on films are they just keep you entertained 
Oh God, I'm just re- yeah. like realizing. Was it published by Activision? Maybe I don't remember. <laughs> they yeah. had they had a knack for putting out any and everything, whatever was a money grab, you know, just publish it. Yeah, just publish everything. I guess like every movie that's been like out at that time, you know. So yeah, so your earliest was a DS, right? Mm-hmm. You say you would say, I would say, uh, yeah, like for me, it's the Game Boy Advance. That's like probably like the earliest I ever got, like when I was like five or six okay. I got it was it the trapezoid model it was, it... It was a SP actually yeah oh my god the flip ones yeah yes yeah that was the one I got um, yeah it was great like like I mostly got like games based on films which just was okay but like I never really got into like uh, Mario or or any Zelda games at that time cause like I don't know what games to get besides films cause I like movies as a kid so I usually get like games based on films and i would say like i will start finding out more about it like when i visit my cousin's house because my cousin's house he had he had a oh he has a playstation 2 and at that time i didn't know what a playstation was or sony or anything you know i was a nintendo kid mostly growing up mm-hmm, same. but like i never knew like gaming could like i would say like look more like realistic i would say because you know i'm used to the the cartoonish style very 2d very 2d yes yeah so seeing like 3d stuff on the p on the ps2 and how like revolution it was to me it was like i was i was looking at it and the games i have back home so yeah but my cousin's games they're like i don't know they're like better or they're like more uh, they're like for big kids you know i would think as a kid it is, especially with, you know, the sort of, like, popularized titles at the time. Halo, Call of Duty, GTA, just yeah. to name a few. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> like, it's funny. My cousins wouldn't even, like, well, they would show me, like, them playing, like, GTA. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't want to be, like, that guy and say, like, you know, oh, it's nothing in comparison to this and that. But yeah. I mostly just have, like, the sort of fond memories of that for a very particular reason. And that has to do with the fact that, you know... In the GTA titles, I want to say it was particularly like GTA 5 where you get in the cars and they have like the different selections for like the nonstop pop station. And yeah. so they have like actual like licensed music in there. So, you know, you'll be running over people and then all of a sudden you put on Britney Spears and it goes, give me, give me more. Give yeah. Me. I was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. This is, it's something. I was always a sucker for that because even like being a music person, I'm yeah. always able to tell, like, all right, is it the real deal or is it the actual thing? It's one of the reasons why something like Guitar Hero, you know, really mm-hmm. appealed to me back then because they would use, like, the actual master recordings of said tracks. Yeah. Which, uh, that's a whole other thing in itself because when people think Guitar Hero, they think the actual guitar itself with the console or the arcade machine. New. No. My first exposure to Guitar Hero was ironically the ds version how does that work you might ask well yeah i know how that works i my sister had one too on the ds okay yeah i know i know what you're gonna talk about yeah right so for the listeners who aren't aware this particular one could only work with a ds Lite model and it had the guitar pouch pack thingy that could be inserted into where the game boy advance you know cartridge on the part down below is located and that's where you would play the buttons yeah yeah, and like, like you're screwed if you don't have uh if you have like a newer version of the DS. Like, well, well, not really. Like, 
I would say like up to the 3DS, like they took that off. Like there was no Game Boy, like backwards compatibility. So now like, that hurt my feelings yeah. so bad because as awesome as it was to get a 3DS for Christmas because it was like the newest thing at the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember just being so excited for the new Mario games. And Hatsune Miku was finally having a 3DS game released, you know, in America, not just like in Japan, because I'm always a sucker for when they bring stuff from Japan over here. Yeah. However, even with that being said, I was like, dang, so how am I going to play? So I made sure to keep my, I'm pretty sure I still have it in storage somewhere, you know, my old like black and red DS Lite model to make sure that if I ever want to go back to that, you know, it's located there. It's so mm-hmm. weird now, though, because then all of a sudden, like with the Nintendo Switch, you do have like the Game Boy Advance Online with the Nintendo Online membership that, you know, you pay for yearly and annually fee thing. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, it, it's crazy how we just have so much easy access to everything nowadays. And back then it's like you either find it or you don't. And mm-hmm. I'm talking like the late 2000s here when Game Boy Advance titles were slowly going out of stock in favor of the newer titles. So there yeah. was a likely chance like over here at our local mall GameStop probably only sold them for maybe not even more than a couple years in like the early 2010s decade they did have some retro like classic used vintage game shops but they didn't yeah. really last that long there was that big old kiosk in the middle of the food court like 10 years ago I'll never forget that was where I got like it was that Crash Bandicoot and Spyro crossover game mm. I'm not too sure which game is that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think I think I remember seeing something like that before at the mall. Yeah. Yeah. They had it downstairs too. Yeah. And th- another thing was that at the mall, uh, they were doing a promotion of the Wii, and it was like in the middle of the mall. Like there was like I remember like I this it got me like interested in getting the Wii because uh, in the middle of the mall there was like a like a little booth and then they had like displays of different type of Wii games and the one that that got me the most attention was Wii Sports Mm. and I I saw that and I played it and I was like oh my god it's it's really it's really fun and everything and I was like it got me thinking like oh I should ask for a Wii on Christmas (laughs) and I I was thinking about the Wii and Wii Sports like all day afterwards because I was like oh my god the controls like it's not like a regular like button controls you just you move and then the character moves on the screen and it was so like i don't know to me at that time it seemed like so like revolutionary you know which is interesting because that was that was the name of the ah, yes. of the, the, code, the name. code name yeah oh oh my period yes okay because mm-hmm. i always feel so stupid sometimes for feeling like i'm the only person who remembers like all the different developmental titles and code names and yeah. stuff like how gamecube was originally titled dolphin yeah yeah dolphin yeah <laughs> so many things but yeah that's so funny like the late 2000s and just remembering all the different commercials and adverts and promos for said systems and how mm-hmm. um it was also this thing too of like well specifically for when mario and sonic finally had their legendary crossover in their olympic games yeah, titles yeah. there was like the ds version and the wii version for almost everything yeah I don't know if that's really still a thing now. It doesn't really seem to be because, you know, I feel like the Switch really changed everything. But back then it was always like if something was released on a console, it would always have like a handheld counterpart Mm -hmm. either on the DS or the PSP. Yeah. Any PSP players out there? No? (laughs) Oh, man, not me. I grew up with Nintendo's. Like PSP, I I saw uh, from my cousin. My cousin had a PSP. 
uh, he let me borrow it, and I thought, you know, it's cool. It's like a PS2 on a on a handheld device. Exactly and, what it yeah. was, you know, sort of implying. And same thing with the PS Vita as well. That yeah. was more of a. I always felt like that was more of a niche compared to anything because not only was the PS Vita selection hella small in like Best Buy and GameStop, yeah, but most of the time it's sort of consumer audience. Mm-hmm very much giving niche because a lot of what was really helping the PS Vita sell in the first place was a lot of like Japanese anime related titles so like the Persona franchise the Hatsune Miku games yeah I say those got popular on the handheld right there I would say yeah Danganronpa Danganronpa yeah I was such a fan oh man like I I never get to play those games but like I, I played them like I would say I played some of them now like like Persona 4 was uh like golden was on the PS uh, PS Vita. Yes, and I got I got to play it like a couple of months ago, and I really enjoyed it because since you know they re released the on um, on newer uh, systems, so yeah, like those like it's fun to play games that I haven't had a chance to play it when I was a kid or I missed out and play them now and just think about like just putting my shoes of you know of what I would think playing this game back as a kid. I was oh, like, absolutely. oh, man. Um, of course, I mean. And I find it so fun, too, when it's like the sort of re-release or remaster of an older game. So, yeah. for example, kind of, oh, you know, which, by the way, they did re-release all the OG Danganronpa titles on the eShop for the Nintendo Switch. So yeah. feel free to check those out mm-hmm. because the second one, like, I love the first one. I really wish the second one could have been adapted into an anime, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I feel like it helps you absorb more, especially with the beach setting. Big shout out to my girl, Ibuki Miyota, my <laughs> punk queen. Okay, but circling back, though, to kind of like Nintendo titles, because yeah. there was a period of time there, specifically for the Mario games, where they would remaster them onto like the newer system. So in the 90s, when the Super NES came out following the original NES, they released Mario All-Stars, so they had like the newer titles sort of transformed into like a 16-bit type of version with a brand new soundtrack in different colors. Mm -hmm. Then the 2000s, they were all re-released on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I had a a game, uh, a Mario Bros. uh, I think it was 3 on the Game Boy, right? They had had that. Super Mario Advance 4, which was a remaster of Super Mario Bros. 3, released in the fall of 2003. Yeah. And I had like like a guidebook and everything. Like, I I lost it. I don't know where it is. It's gone. Like, I used to have it. It's somewhere yeah. on eBay, I'm sure. It'll yeah, be fine. Sure. You can yeah. get those now. And the cool thing about the re-release on the GBA online for the Nintendo Switch yeah. is that all of those levels that were only to be obtained via the Game Boy e-reader, which I think was a flop over here, unfortunately, in the States, mm-hmm. now you could just play all that in there. It's all there readily available. Yeah, so, it's, it's real nice to have it, like, available, you know, because it's, it's hard to, like, try to play older games that they're expensive to get or or maybe they're like they're hard like rare to find you know to play for yourself or contain certain things that could only be unlocked via accessory there was yeah. also once upon a 20 something years ago when nintendo tried this whole thing in their mario tennis and golf titles respectively again this was another instance of having a handheld version and having a console version it was a very early iteration of that and there was a specific like cable accessory that you could use to connect the Game Boy Color into the N64 to unlock some extra content, like characters and certain things that could be printed out. 
it was a very like experimental ahead of its time type of thing. Don't even get me started on the Nintendo 64 disk drive, an entirely separate add-on that oh yeah was only released in Japan, only had nine games available for it because the whole thing was. I loved the idea of what they were going for it, but unfortunately the execution of it marketing-wise was heavily rushed. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Yet at the same time, specifically for one of the Mario artist titles, I believe it was Talent Studio in mm-hmm. a game where you could like kind of create your own character. Yeah. It did become the catalyst for what would eventually become the concept behind the Me channel. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, the Me channel was another like thing for me because... Like, so getting, all right, getting back to the Wii system. Yes. It was, like, one of my first, like, actual home consoles besides having the Game Boy as a handheld. Mm-hmm. It was, like, the first one because I was debating either to get a PS2 or a Wii. And my mom was, like, you got to choose one. Right, because those were the two biggest uh, things those, of yeah, the they 2000s. Were two, yeah, they were big, and I was, like, oh, man, they're both so, like, good. I was, like, I don't know. Like, you know what? Like, I think I'll get the Wii because the Wii left me an impression when I visited that mall. So I got it. I got Wii Sports along with uh, Mario Party 8. Mm. I was like, oh, man, those are great. And I love Mario Party 8. I love... Yeah. The newer ones are really good, but honestly, the peak prime of Mario Party for me was like pretty much anything prior to the ninth game. The ninth game was good too, but I just feel like when it was still being developed by Hudson Soft, mm-hmm. it still kind of had like this um, charm to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, yeah, uh, Mario Party 8 doesn't really like get talked a lot about it, huh? Like I would say, they would say like the older Mario Party is like, Oh, because they had like, like the GameCube ones and the 64. Like they get more like. Oh, they had three one three games <laughs> in the Mario right. Party franchise on yeah. the N64, and for the GameCube, they had like four of them. They were just cranking them out like a mm. whole bunch of them and everything. Yeah. yeah, like as a kid growing up, you always wanted. I always wanted to play older games that I never got to play. Same, but we've been there. Yeah, but like, I never had like, maybe like a, I never had the system, or the games that I could play either way. Like on my on the on the PC, I would say, or like they don't have any re-releases or ports or remasters mm-hmm. that I had at the time. So I was like, you know, the only way to play these games was like to actually, like for me, I I go to I go to my local swamp meet, buy a PS2 system with some games, yeah, and that's how I would play some of the older games as a kid because I was like, because I wanted to play these games, but I had no other way to play them. On like on my on any systems that I had at the time, ah, I felt that. Yeah, felt that. so I had I had like so I had like go to Swami and had trying to find if hopefully they have some games that that they have available for me to play. Right, but, you know. But now you know, you know, I have a job and everything work. You could just buy that everywhere, or or just play it on the systems. On yeah. current systems now. Or if you were like me and you found ways to download those like ROM emulators, but you didn't hear it from me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would say that too. But I wasn't, I wasn't like smart enough to do that as a kid, anyways. I wasn't that smart. Yeah. I just always found ways to do that for some reason because it's not like we could afford everything. So it's mm-hmm. like, all right, take matters into my own hands. I mean, yeah, I mean, like my, I mean, my mom had a PC, but like she, I wouldn't be allowed to play games on her on her computer because I would like. She's like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna get viruses on that. I was like, oh. or like I almost broke a, a the disk drive of hers because I was trying to put a game to play on the PC and on the PC and I I almost broke it because I was like trying to push in the disk into the drive and then I almost like uh 
it almost like cracked oh my so she's so she was like all right you're gonna stop playing games on my computer so i was like stuck playing on the systems well it's years later now so yeah at now least now's your chance and yeah. that is pretty cool though that you found like a lot of those at a swap meet as well because yeah i'm pretty sure i did also find katamari on the ps2 somewhere mm-hmm. it was somewhere that's for sure and it probably doesn't work anymore however you are in luck because as of last month they have re-released we love katamari yeah well both original two katamari games on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. In the eShop. Yeah. And also on Steam. Yeah, it's like now 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 it's easy to get them now and they're like remastered. So they look better than before, you know. Uh, and it's just so amazing and nostalgic because I did get into the Katamari franchise via the Idolmaster, mm-hmm. a Bandai Namco music rhythm game franchise because yeah. on the soundtrack they had done like a collaboration and so that was really cool to find out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say yeah cuz I never got to play it growing up, so I played it like a couple of years ago on the PS2, and you know I, I really liked it. Like, like it was so it's so charming, the game and the music soundtrack is like, it's pretty. The soundtrack is like really really good. Yeah, it's the whole like reason. It's, it's the whole it, it it's like it's a character in the game. The music, I would say. Yeah, it's such a fever dream, but I absolutely love it. Yeah. Never mind, you know, the fact that some people might perceive it to be a forced environmental message. But, you know, whatever helps to get kids clean their rooms, I guess. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's a fun game. I mean, it's very it's very good. And, you know. Soundtrack is soundtrack, just amazingly yeah. badass. It's the whole reason why I discovered one of my favorite Japanese jazz fusion bands, Kirinji. Mm, Kirinji, oh. Yeah, yeah, oh, I mean. We probably should discuss the soundtracks for another episode, I would say. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, we have so much to talk about the soundtracks, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, um, yeah, going back on topic, I would say, like, you know, going to a swamp meet for me was like the only option for me to play retro games, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I think for anyone who, you know, just didn't quite know and... This was kind of like that weird in-between thing where it's like certain things were going out of style, but then not everything was available like digitally as of yet. Yeah. They weren't doing all those like digital re-releases and stuff on like, say, the eShop or the PlayStation Network. The uh, Is it called the Xbox like Marketplace? I think so. Okay. I never had one, but again, mm-hmm. you know, kind of yeah. like you said, Cousin's House. That's where you found yeah. everything. Yeah. W- yeah. All those times of playing Battle Block Theater... Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to your cousin's house was like another like like childhood memory for me. It's cuz, you know, they have their my cousins they're older and then, you know, they have like some systems already and they let me play like I remember like discovering, you know, GTA on their on the PlayStation. Even Dance Dance for Revolution was fun. Hey. Like they had the mat and everything. Oh my. You know that God. mats that just moves like like it's like an awkward mat because like you move around I'm and then they start I'm your little butterfly and butterfly was like the only song that I know that I liked in that in that game I would say I played it on episode 3 of Y2K it's hot last yeah. semester oh. so yeah for all the DDR lovers out yeah, there yeah that that yeah that that song is another nostalgia song that I would say too oh no wait actually no I played Mr. Wonderful on that episode and then on my student special Confessions of a Teenage Otaku Weeaboo Drama Queen with little to no social skills that was inevitably raised by the internet <gasps> that's where I played Butterfly <laughs> yeah yeah I would say yeah those 
like that and i would say yeah guitar hero rock band 2 was another thing oh yeah like it was very fun like it was a it's a time where like even if if it wasn't just me maybe i would visit like maybe we have like a little party or a gathering at my cousin's place and then like you know all the parents and it would be like in the front of the house you know eating on the tables and everything and then all the kids would like go to the back of the house where where my cousin had like the video game systems they had and right. then we all played those together. were the days bro yeah like like any game like we'll play like like you know rock band was like the big one like my cousins they had everything they had the they had the drums the guitar the bass mm-hmm. the the microphone they have everything yeah and just dance and which, just dance too yeah, yeah which is still ongoing and they've also included a lot of different like you know sort of subtle nods to japanese anime and k-pop as well yeah they started put they started putting those songs too like i would like yeah there were a few like japanese and other like foreign uh songs on just dance as well yeah, they did have yeah, they some have Hatsune Miku crossover. Yeah, I remember that. A DBZ collab. A DBZ? Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was like, DBZ? I was like, they have that? I believe so. It was something. Was it DBZ? Whatever it was. Definitely something in the Shonen Jump realm. So, you know, any uh, Dragon Ball Z, Bleach, Naruto, whichever. I never knew. I mean, I knew they had, uh, they had cross, they did, uh, they had a Mario one on the Wii. Ah, yes. Yeah, and then they had uh, Angry Birds too. Oh, I remember Angry Ooh. Birds. Because because you're getting into a whole other thing. Yeah, mobile gaming. Yeah, mobile gaming. Oh yeah, that was a big thing too. I would say. Do as... you still think that mobile gaming is as relevant now? Okay, well, with the exception of Genshin Impact, because Genshin Impact and some of those like gotcha games. That's like. Yeah, that's a whole other realm. And mm-hmm. frankly, I don't have enough real world money to be spending it a lot like in there <laughs> yeah i appreciate it for what it is big up to my homie kaeya that's my favorite character <laughs> the most i play rhythm game wise would be hatsune miku colorful stage because mm-hmm. you can just kind of unlock stuff as you go mm-hmm. and there's also mario kart on the iphone ios yeah because i know mario run was a popular thing for a while never got into it but then mm-hmm. they came out with mario kart i remember doing the whole like beta launch thing literally the day it was released and yeah I would just like religiously like every two weeks or so whenever they release a new cup, just go ahead and complete that and you know just log in the next day and yeah yeah and then same thing with uh, Pokemon Go oh yeah, right. that was a big thing too because oh, we can't forget to mention that that was like yeah. the pinnacle of like I would say that was like very much post like when mobile games were so kind of a niche but then when the actual gaming companies themselves started to get invested in it because. It took Nintendo quite a while to like open up to that idea. Mm-hmm. Sega was actually one of the first to do that. They had yeah. a whole thing. It was Japan only. It was for their sort of like flip phones because I think they still do use flip phones in Japan sometimes, which is awesome for them. Uh, it was called like the Sonic Cafe Channel or something like that. It, it was like ports of like the original Genesis titles or uh-huh. just different mini games here and there, uh-huh, like okay. you know playing solitaire with the Sonic characters or mm-hmm. different like. I don't know. It was just, yeah. it was something. It really was. Yeah. And then coming into like the Western market side of things, you had these cute little like cartoony diddy bop things here and there, like <laughs> cut the rope, doodle jump. Yeah. Plants versus zombies. Yeah. Like angry birds. Yeah. Bejeweled temple run. Oh my God. Yeah. There was, there's so many games. Like even, even at those times, I would say like, I, I remember those playing mini uh, mobile games 
like a lot in middle school. Middle yeah. school was like like the peak of mobile games to me. The absolute peak. Yeah, like was, there was everybody was playing on their iPads and everything. Like uh, you any, had iPads. Any Kindle Fire yeah. users? Uh, I had no, no, no. So I did have an iPad eventually. Right. Twenty thirteen. Like yeah, for the school. I would say no, no. Like an actual iPad Mini. Oh. Like you know when I was when I turned thirteen. But before that, I did have a Kindle Fire, which you know listen you know stay with me listeners because actually when you say the same thing to people like oh you're an android user the kindle fire also ran on the same engine as an android so it also had like all the different android exclusive mini games and apps and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and downloading music without having to go on a streaming service so (laughs) yeah this was like being the tablet version of an android user yeah i mean my sister had a tablet too but yeah like Cause at school in middle school when I went to uh, uh, CDA, uh, they they were it was a time where everybody was given an iPad, mm-hmm. and every student had had one. Okay. And at that time, it was really it was like the peak of mobile because we couldn't use our phones or anything else during class except for iPads. So you know how every everybody every kid like had some games installed in their iPad or they even like I would say like you know emulate some stuff into the iPad as well mm-hmm. like you know everybody played Minecraft everybody played like uh, Timeless by the way Minecraft. yeah Minecraft was a big thing and yeah it's basically multiplayer games like everybody played multiplayer games at middle school and um, I did see a lot of Minecraft servers going on at like the local libraries over here in like La Quinta and Palm Desert oh yeah Oh, yeah, yeah, like like lo- like lobbies and stuff like that. Yeah, at the school. Yeah, it was fun. It was <laughs> indeed. It was it was like even even outside of school, like it, it was still great. But until next time, for part two, we'll go and talk about video game soundtracks. Absolutely. And I'm sure it will be real real fun talking about games, music, because music is another thing I I love from games as well. So I hope we could talk about that uh, more in the next episode so until next time this has been rogelio and al we'll see you on the next episode on the video game soundtracks peace